and welcome to episode 71 of Slytanic Vercast. I'm Mo from France and to a West broadcasting live from Joe Biden's medicine cupboard. It's Dr. Lee Quessence. How you doing, Doc? Off my fucking box. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, God. Oh, fuck <laughs> well. I'm only been I'm only been here for five minutes. Yeah. And I find myself slurring my words yeah. and saying something very, very ill-advised sure. Sure. about displacing the constitutionally elected leader of a foreign nation-state. Yes, yes. Oh, wouldn't it be terrible if I did that? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming out of the walls. Oh, they don't, God They're God. coming out of the walls now. God is and, my down. Gra- and my grandfather was in the IRA. God um, is held down. <laughs> God. It's not real. Now, I imagine that the medicine cupboard of Mr. Biden is is capacious to say the least. Would it be right? It's oh um sorry, I I've had to put my I've had to put my my oxygen mask on. Yeah, um, it's it's marble on the mm-hmm. inside. Right, it, it's 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 black white veined marble, and Lovely. the the various medicines are arranged on shelves on three walls, and uh, in the centre there's a, a, an urn or cupola um, with a fire underneath it, mm-hmm. um, and an ingenious. Uh, selection of um, clockwork mechanisms that take the top off the bottles of various pills and dump them into the cupola so that you, you, you literally don't even have to like put them in your mouth. You just stand in the medicine cabinet and inhale the fumes that come yeah. off them. I, I think it's a, a, a modern miracle of uh, audio engineering. The fact that when Biden appears on TV, you can't actually hear the rattle as he's walking. It's, it's miraculous stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, here's 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 a bit of fantasy politics. The meeting I would have loved to since 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 Russia's in in, in the news a bit recently. Yeah. <laughs> the meeting I would have loved to have seen would have been Joe Biden and Boris Yeltsin. Crying out loud. Just d- d- dribbling buffoons. Yeah. Do you remember? We suspected that <laughs> Boris Yeltsin was only ever showed above the waist. Because <laughs> below the waist, he would have there would have been a slender pole with a single caster on the bottom. <laughs> I do. Yeah, absolutely right. He just like sw- just swiveled left to right, <laughs> somebody cranking hand, <laughs> just spinning round. What are we right about? about? Am I right about this? There was at least one Boris Yeltsin TV, not TV appearance, but he was televised at least once, where he facilitated between nodding out and drooling. Oh no, you're right. Yeah, no, there is. There's quite a famous clip, I think, of him. You know, on the brink of collapse at the podium, basically. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. no video game updates because I'm still battling my way through uh, Saints Row Three. I've had to restart it, Doc. It's a nightmare. Um, so I've, I've had to like pretty much ditch about twenty hours of gameplay and start it afresh because I fucked up. I done goofed, Doc. I done goofed. Um, I want my platinum trophy at Saints Row Three. In order to get it, there are like, things you need to do along the way, and I passed the point of no return 
and I couldn't go back. So I couldn't pop on the trophy. So therefore I'd never get the platinum trophy. Oh, so no. my only option is to start it again. Now, fortunately, it's fucking brilliant, but still, it's 20 hours. I've just got to redo. What are you going to do, Doc? Dear Lord. What are you um, going to do? I'd point out that recently, as in within the last two months, um, you described Soyaris as oh, yeah. um, a chore to sit through. I know, I know, you're right. <laughs> I take your point, Doc. You don't need to elaborate. I understand. I understand the point you're making, uh, Doc. What have we been listening to? Um, well, last episode, and we we're talking about. Uh, I mentioned some like um, hypnotic grooves that, that the last trace, that, that the last Slayer track made me think of. And I've been listening to a lot of hypnotic grooves since then, mm-hmm. um, and so many, in fact, that I, I, I was I was struggling to, to pick one for this evening. Um, I considered I Bleed Black by St. Vitus. Consider Mountain Song by Jane's Addiction. play this a bit longer doc because we need to get to that transition don't we here we go yes we do
I mean, it's it's just sensational. What, what is it for the for, for dear listener? What is it? Um, it's the Tempter by the Mighty Trouble. Certainly is. What a what a banger that is. It's absolutely fucking fabulous. I'm not big on Doom. Yeah, I think Doom is one of my least favourite um, subgenres of metal. You know, but when it hits, it fucking hits, doesn't it? You know, things like this track, Supernaut, you know, Black Sabbath. <laughs> Paranoid, you know, shit like that. Matthew Hopkins, is it? The uh, cathedral tune. I am Matthew Hopkins, Witchfinder. Midnight Mountain by Cathedral, I think, is the... Vampire son, you know. 
all of these tunes, man. Um, Caius Thumb. Forget those guys. Um, um, Dopes to Infinity by Monster Magnet. Too. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Too many to mention, really. And it's certainly the tempter. It's right up there, isn't it? What a fucking what a what, what do you know about them, Doc? I don't really know much about trouble. Um, I know they're from Chicago, um, mm-hmm. which is like not a place that breeds much metal now, is it? No, you're right. I can't think of I can't I can't think of another band from Chicago. I can think of plenty of hardcore and plenty of math rock and plenty mm-hmm. of techno, but no, it, it doesn't seem to produce much metal. No. Um, and I believe they're um, I believe they're practicing Christians. Oh really? Yeah. Mm. Um I'm pretty sure I read an interview or an article about them or something, and, and somebody asked the obvious question, like, how, how do you um, square away like being practicing Christians with making such evil metal? Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and, and the guy said, well, because we're Christians, our fear of hell is very real. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I did, I did, that, that does surprise me that they're Christians because, you know, Taking aside like the nonsensical belief system, um, one of the problems I find with 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 Christians making music, it's always <laughs> fucking it's always shit talk. That's the trouble. I remember that, that there was there was a Christian that there was an appalling Christian rock band that your mate had in his collection once, uh, and it was a surprisingly good Christian metal band. And I I think their concession to Christianity was what they basically did was take all of the horrible and sick bits out of the Old Testament and write songs about them. I can't remember the name of the band, but I do remember the name of the track you're talking about. It was called Valley of Dry Bones. Valley of um, Dry Bones, that was it. But I, but I cannot remember the the, the, the the band name for the life of me, but we'll chat on that for next time and drop a, drop a sample in, because that was fucking cracking death metal, wasn't it? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, didn't we once play a gig with a with a, a with a bunch of Christian bands? Well, it, we. Yes. Um, I was going to say the ones you're thinking of were half Christian, half Buddhist, vegan, hardcore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember them. Um, uh, but I, I, I my just, God, they stank. I, my I just, God, they stank. Did they? Oh, Christ. Yes. <laughs> I just think you remember being in, like, being in the, like, the lounge in the pub. The gig was going on in the function room, and there was us and, like, our posse of, like, 20 or 30 people that kind of followed us around in the, in, in the boozer. And then it was a bunch of like really, really nice, kind of happy, clappy Christian sorts of sitting there nursing half a lager. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, it was nice. It was a nice evening, I seem to recall. If, if, if Christians would nurse half a lager and be friendly and listen to metal. Yeah. Um, well, their, their, their outreach programme would really stand a chance with me. Yeah, it would. And they embraced us. There was no problems. Um, here's my choice for this week, Doc. I've been listening to a bit of um, a bit of Viking metal from Sweden. Um, oh. It's the mighty Amonomath, and this track is called Mjolnir, M-J-O-L-N-E-R, with an umlaut over the O, Mjolnir, I'm going to say. Mjolnir, Hammer of Thor. Here we go. I've got about the intro. What a pair of pipes that guy's got on him, man. Fuck me. Well, um, two things. Um, point number one, what a fucking voice. Point number two, um, two weeks ago or one week ago, we were complaining about how none of the Maiden copyists ever actually can do the Adrian Smith thing. Oh, yeah, there you go. And then upstep but that one bad. Yeah, upstep that one bad. Off. You know, this is from their latest album. It's called Berserker. Unbelievably, it's their 11th full-length album. Um, <laughs> they are... They are I mean, talking to Maiden, they are fucking just troopers, mate. They just keep pumping this stuff out. They're so consistent. However, this album, I mean, that, that's the prime cut from the album. This is the first time, now bearing in mind it's album 11, Doc, you know, they've, they've been doing pretty well. This is the first time where I think they have, like, misstepped a little bit. Um, oh. Because... Viking melodic death metal is the genre that they play. Um, They've remembered the Viking. They've remembered the melody. A point in the album, they've kind of forgotten the death metal part. Um, So Ah. it it, it is a bit tame, especially the back half of the album. It does kind of fall off a cliff. The last three or four tracks are a bit of a kind of plot fest, unfortunately. Um, But that being said, you know, if what you just heard tickled your fancy, you know, you've got another... Ten albums worth of uh, 
of that kind of stuff to, to get your teeth into. They're absolutely awesome. I'm on them off. I fucking love them. Um, where are we at? Let's have a look. What are we going to do? Um, no chow, yeah, no chow time um, this this week because well, um, no editing has been done, basically. I have not a correction to speak of, but a, a, a bit of a follow-up, um, and I, I, I couldn't resist this. Um, I remembered another interview quote that I'd read once. This is harking back to um, where we were discussing the the, the, the possible orientation of uh, our favourite Mr. Phil Anselmo. Mm. Um, and I remembered an interview, and I I think I think you'd have to be from the black country to understand how this kind of not this this almost sort of malapropism. Um, could 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 come about. No less a man than Rob Halford once said that he had he said that he'd been appreciated by many of his straight friends, including Phil Ansel. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> That's really good. Well, yeah. Well, she, I mean, she's pretty, isn't she, Phil? She's pretty. There's no doubt about it. Um, being appreciated. <laughs> yeah, that's really, really good. Doc, do you mind if we drop the topic this week? Because we're kind of up against time a little bit, just because I, I need to get some sleep so that I don't keel over and die at work tomorrow. Sure. Um, so let's just dive straight in. Don't forget, guys, you can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at slatanicvercast at gmail.com. Let's move on. Welcome to part two of the show here. As you know by now, surely we're going to play the track, stop it and chat about it intermittently. Today's track is track eight, unbelievably, from Divine Intervention. It's called Serenity in Murder, and it sounds a bit like this. Well, it's um, every album Slayer seemed to want to do a callback to Rain and Blood, mm-hmm. understandably. Mm-hmm. You can see why you'd want to do that. And they're not often very successful. Sure. But this one is, at right. least so far. Yeah, yeah. Paul Bostoff is going absolutely bonkers, isn't he, behind the kit there? Those, like, those little fucking triplet flurries on the bass drum, absolutely crazy. Brilliant. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it seems to me, it, 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 I mean, you, you, you kind of, you, you say it's a call back to Rainy Blood, and, and, and I, I get your point, especially something like po- post-mortem, I'm thinking. I think also it, it is this kind of evolution where uh, these kind of almost anti-melodious lead lines have, have kind of crept their way onto this album. I think Sex Murder Art's got one. 
it, it, it seemed like a, a fresh development on this album. The band who are most readily identifiable with doing that, um, with, 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 with doing those desk counts and the solos are yeah. obviously Carcass. Of course, yeah. I'm not saying they invented it, mm. um, or they were the first to do it, but they're, they're the band who I most associate with it. Um, yeah. I, I mean... Well, they, 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 they even named an album after the technique, didn't they? That's right, Dis- yeah. discounting the insalubrious. That's it, you got it. Identifying bodies which are decomposed, dismembered, skeletonized, We've had many cases in this department where a body has been found in pieces or decomposed, and we've been able to put things together. Yeah, they're heavy, upper part of the body, very badly decomposed Being out of tune with the uncultured. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, early carcass, of course, were very influenced by Slayer. Mm. Um, and have, have we got something approaching a backwash here, do you think? Oh, so, so, so uh, carcass were influenced by Slayer, and now Slayer are being influenced by carcass. Yeah. Yeah, it's certainly possible, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, certainly, it, it, it does happen. Um, and, and I think we'll hear that from Slayer over the course of the, of, of the two albums coming up, actually, where they become influenced Ooh. by those that they influenced. Yeah. Sure. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see how that goes. Here we go. Let's get back to the track, because I think it's about to change vibe quite significantly. Off we go. <laughs> Again, something new. We've never heard this before from Slayer. Almost like Langorious, isn't it? You know, his his vocal delivery, it's so kind of laid back. There is no edge to it at all. It, it kind of sounds half asleep almost. Um, they, they've, they've, they've been at the Soundgarden, haven't they? I, well, I was going to say, was there something like in the air at the time? And, and so you're, you're suggesting it's, it, it, it's brunch, aren't you? Well, um, Mm, not grunge. I, no. I, I know Soundgarden got l- lumped in with that, mm. um, but then everyone's A and R, everyone and their aunt's A and R man tried to lump them in with grunge for those few years. Yeah. Um, I mean the, the the by the end the archetypal grunge band wasn't even Nirvana. The archetypal grunge band was Pearl Jam because they were sure. actually much easier to copy. Yeah. Um, and I mean. Soundgarden, it was obvious to me from the very beginning, were much more, we mentioned it, were much more doom metal and much more psych influenced. Sure. Um, and I mean, well, I don't really know much about Soundgarden. Apart from, is it Black 
Black Hole Sun, something like that. Black Hole, yeah, that's 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 the hit single. Uh, yeah, and, and once that's non-ironic. That was a bona fide hit single. Jesus Christ pose, which I think was single of theirs I think released in this country mm-hmm. um, they were the band so very much like Carcass were the band who brought the Descanted solos to, to, to the fore Soundgarden were the first band who really brought um, those kind of phased and flanged vocals uh, yeah. into the mainstream yeah, yeah. I, I'm saying this with a smile on my face because just remembering those days it was legitimate it was completely legitimate to talk about a band like a, a band like Soundgarden bringing mm-hmm phased and flanged vocals into the mainstream mm, mm. Um, you know in the same way that it was legitimate to talk about um, the prodigy bringing like the sped up nosebleed vocals into the mainstream yeah. um, mm-hmm. and for those few years um, the mainstream of music was a fucking weird place yeah I listened to um a, a Star Trek podcast called Star Trek The Next Conversation. Um, yeah. It's very, very good. Two screenwriters that work in Hollywood uh, re- just, you know, reviewing episodes, um, brutally honestly as well. They don't, they don't seem worried about either like burning bridges with potential employers, which is, which is good to see. Um, and one of the things they do is they play the number one single 
in both America and the UK at the time of broadcast of the of the episode, the original broadcast of the episode, you yeah. know, to, to ground it, um, as it were. And the, 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 they are always genuinely astonished by the uh, by the UK number one. They, they, they find it je- like proper baffling. They keep saying, what the fuck was going on in the UK <laughs> in the early 90s? I, I, think, I think the one that really, really, that they could not wrap their head around was... Um, He's a good boy, uh, the shame. <laughs> yeah. A great philosopher once wrote, Naughty, naughty, very naughty. He's a good His friends call him easy And he is the main geezer And he vibe up the place Like no other man could He's refined He's sublime He makes you feel fine They're very much maligned And misunderstood But if you know he's a, he's a real crap He's ever so good He's ever needs a good I need to do this I need to sit down With a list of like Top 10 singles From that period in time Because mm. uh, I get the impression If I looked at it now In fact I get the impression If I looked at a lot of stuff From the early 90s now It would seem far more From another planet than I rem- than I thought it was at the time. I, th- I think far more eclectic than you might expect. You know, I, 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 I think that the, the the variety of styles that reached number one, you was absolutely bonkers because you'd have like your big like epic ballads like your fucking Wet 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 or Brian Adams that kind of shit. Then you know, then you'd get um, like you like Shaman like novelty tracks in a way like that. Um, and then you know, but 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 then you'd get bonafide kind of rock classics you know as well yeah it was a crazy old time yeah i mean i seem to remember like that year and we'll we'll, we'll say it's 1991 Mm. um i seem to remember you had that fucking brian adams song that was in the charts forever to remember um you had charlie says by the prodigy oh yeah um,
thought maybe it was out of space by the I, yeah. I, I can't remember. Seem to remember Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter by Iron Maiden was number yeah. one for one week. time isn't it yeah there's um, a great um there was a great um mary whitehouse experience joke about that when when that was at number one provocative comedy as a runaway radio show jumps from one set of valves to another for the mary whitehouse experience pictured this in a studio somewhere far far away Where they said something like Iron Maiden are, 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 are at, at pains to um, demonstrate that they are in no way a satanic metal band and they have no interest in Satanism at all and refute any allegation of this. And at number one this week is <laughs> Bring Your Daughter to the Slaughter by Iron Maiden. Very, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Funny, funny shit. Doc, let's press on. Here we go. Um, I want to say that's Kerry King. That's a Jeff Hanneman. <laughs> doc, 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 doc. I thought you'd get that one because I, I, I think your your vibe is that the more kind of melodious ones tend to be Jeff, and and, and that felt like that to me. Did you that's did right. you second guess yourself? Um, I did second guess myself because yeah. I've, I've been caught out a lot by yeah. you know whenever there's excessive feedback and tremolo waggling, and I've gone that's Kerry, and you've gone no, that's Jeff. Yeah, there we go. Um, so I'm I'm listeners, I'm all at sea again. Oh dear. I'm all...
make of that riff behind that? You know, like the more aggro version of the verse. I think it's a great riff. Yeah. Um, you normally ask me that question when you expect me to pick something quite specific out. Um, have we heard it before? I don't think so. I don't, I, 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 I don't like this song very much, Doc. Um, I'm finding it f- flabby. And, and, you know, and, and, and that's a strange adjective to use on a track that's barely two and a half minutes long. Um, I think it feels way longer than that. I think it's quite a boring song, Doc. And that riff, it's, it's, it's almost emblematic of the problem to me. It's just nothing. You know, it's just like this murr, a bunch of noise in the background behind kind of Tom shouting a bit of stuff. Um, earlier on, you said that, that doom metal doesn't really do it for you. Mm. And I think this song is emblematic of why it doesn't. Not that this song is particularly doom metal, mm-hmm. um, but it's emblematic of why so much doom metal doesn't do it for you and very often doesn't do it for me either. Doom metal works perfectly when you have a great hypnotic riff that you can play forever and just gets more and more compulsive the more you listen to it. Yeah. When you don't, mm. which is I more think, often than not. Yeah, well, then it's tedious, isn't it? You know. Yeah. But, but I've got no problem with like repetition of, of melody or repetition of beats because, you know, I dig me some trance, man, you know, and, and, and that's, that's all that is. Uh, and a bit of chill step. It's, it's got, got to be a good riff. Yeah, it's got to be a good riff, hasn't it? Yeah. And unfortunately, I think in this song, I don't really detect any good riffs. I don't really like that chaotic opening. I, I, I didn't say it at the time because I was being neutral. I didn't want to kind of bias you one way or the other, you know, as the song progressed. I don't really like that opening section. I don't like Tom's vocal delivery. Um, it's it, it, it kind of sounds like he's not bothering to try i know that's an affectation and a deliberate stylistic choice but it did but but it doesn't i don't like it i think it's a poor choice and 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 this more aggressive part of the verse just leaves me fucking cold as well but there's there's, there's nothing in this track for me i'm sorry um i we we observed this in another podcast project that we do um, about an episode of a television program a little while ago. I think this is what happens when people with no psychedelic component to their personalities attempt mm. to do psychedelic. Well, it, it, isn't that funny, actually? Yeah, because this is, I mean, this is attempting kind of drug fueled, isn't it? And Slayer yeah. never do that. You know, Slayer well, are fucking yeah, beery, aren't they? The, um, and the aggro but, part of that this, verse this is, this, sounds like a bearded meathead yeah. kicking, off, uh, kicking off at a stoner party. Yeah. Yeah, you're right, man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Everyone else just wants to chill out and, and, and dig the vibes. Mm. And then, yeah, then you've, you've got some boozed up idiot trying to going around trying to start a fight with everybody and nobody else is into having a fight at all. That's it. Everybody else in the room just wants to play fucking Tekken 7. Leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think you've been to some of the same parties that I've. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 40 seconds to go. Let's close it out. Here we go. Now that's solo, Doc. Well, I'd probably say that's Jeff Hanneman, wouldn't it? Oh, Doc, it's Kerry. Oh, goodness That's Kerry. Me. Oh, they, they, they just swapped over. So Hanneman, Hanneman got the first one and Kerry got the second. There we go. Oh, dear, dear, dear. I'm, 
I'm hearing something that I don't think. I mean, I've heard we've both had songs by Slayer that we don't like, and some mm. of them we really, really dislike. Mm. But I don't think I've ever heard Slayer give a song up as a bad job halfway through before. This to me, I mean, the riff behind the solo here, I think, is perfectly acceptable. It's it's by numbers, but it's perfectly acceptable. And let's be honest, I'm easily pleased, Doc. If, you know, when Slayer put the fucking accelerator pedal down, I'm generally okay. Um, and that's what they've done here briefly. Um, but in general, I for me, this track is, I think it's the first time in their career so far that we've heard a track that I would honestly say, that's just filler, that's just padding. You haven't fucking made an effort here, boys. I almost feel like I can guess at the process behind this. They decided they were going to do uh, acid groove. Yeah. And it didn't work out. Yeah. And you, you can practically hear their own frustration with their own bad decision. Mm. Um, I don't know why they just didn't shit can the track. Mm. Um, that solo, um, that that sounds like a warm-up exercise. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the metal equivalent of, on bad R&B records, once again, on bad R&B records where they lose the groove and they lose the vibe, um, and usually the singer will start practising the scales. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you want to say, you're onto a bad song, shit can the thing, and recycle the bits that don't work, um, but all you're doing now is practising your scales, and please do that with your vocal teacher in the practice room. That's right. Yeah. No, um, I, 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 I totally get what you're saying there. Um, it, it, what if what that solo section feels like to me, and I think it it, it is kind of connected with what you're saying. It's like they've they've, they've decided they're going to do this like acid drenched um, kind of stoner thing, um, and 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 they've like they've, they've lost their nerve basically. And they've got and oh, no, no shit no we've got to fucking we've got to we've got to slay yeah. it up basically. Yeah. Um, now I'm, I'm familiar with this. I, I wrote a track in, in a band in my last band actually. I wrote a track which I really love called Flotation, about being in a flotation tank basically and just like the experience of being in there. Um, and it's it's it, it is quite like, psychedelic. But then, but but I did exactly the same thing, Doc. I lost my fucking nerve, and so the last thirty seconds is just like a fucking thrash out. And to this day, I regret it because I know that that was not necessary. That was a mistake. I think they're making the same mistake, Doc. It's the same. Um, I mean, what I'm trying to do here is 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 not just heap scorn on something. I'm trying to identify what it is that happens when Slayer do stuff that I really don't like. Mm. Um, it's the same syndrome. It's the same thing they did on Behind the Crooked Cross, which is they sometimes get alarmed at their own boldness or they get alarmed at going too far out of their own territory. And then they scuttle back into it really, really quickly. And yeah. it's infuriating when they do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I detect mm-hmm. that here, you know. They're, 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 they're desperately trying to experiment and do something new, but then just like lack the courage of their own convictions just at the last minute. Yeah, and I don't know why, because, I mean, it, it's, it's not like... Um, it's not like that. Uh, the track "Seasons in the Abyss" was a dismal failure, now no, is it? No, you're right, Doc. Yeah, you're right. Twenty-four seconds. Here we go.
So there we go. That was track eight uh, from Divine Intervention, Serenity in Murder. I think it's pretty clear my my thoughts on that track, Doc. I don't like it, does I? Um, but, so, I mean, once again, in, in, in the spirit of justification, I, I'm, I'm, and I, I'm sticking with this idea of when, when Slayer write a track that I don't like, there's a couple of common threads that go through all of them. There's, there's this cowardice of ambition. Um, and there's this business of there's clearly nothing there's clearly nothing psychedelic in the minds of the members of Slayer. Mm. Um, the last time we heard this, and you you know what I'm going to talk about as soon as I start talking about it. It's a track that I only knew from the Slayer version. I'd never heard the original version. Oh yeah. Um, and the Slayer one sounds like slovenly pub rock. Mm-hmm. The Slayer, the Slayer version sounds like you can imagine it being dribbled out in the back room of a pub in Tipton. Mm. And the original one by Judas Priest is the one that actually sounds huge scale and really, really American. And, re- you know, it sounds like that song, the original version sounds like it was actually composed in the California desert whilst high on payout or something. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Yeah, of course, that's distant aggression you're talking about, isn't it, Doc? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I do agree. I kind of get similar vibes. Um, and even in, even in the solo, isn't it, you know, those kind of high-pitched squeals is, is redolent of that track as well. Definitely. Yeah. Um, um, not for me, Doc, that one. No, I didn't really enjoy that. I never... Do I skip it when I listen to this album? I don't think I do, actually. Um... But, 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 but I think it is eminently skippable. I'm going to ask you a question now. Do you suffer from the same appalling automachismo that I do, which is you're, when you start listening to an album, you're determined to listen to every track on the album, no matter how much you dislike them? No, no, I'd, I'd, I'll yeah. skip, Doc. I, would, I will skip. Um, I was driving around at work today. I was listening to... Um, Master of Puppets. As soon as uh, the thing that should not be came on, as it that. No, I've got, I've got no, I've got no, I'm not going to sit and, 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 you know, endure a six minute track that I don't like. Um, now, nah, get it gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, 
it's a really good job you don't feel like that. And it's also a really good job you're not a progressive rock fan because mm. you'd end up sitting through a lot of 25 I know, <laughs> I know. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Anything else to say, Doc, before we get on to the uh, wordage? Well, apart from the fact that um, I think we might actually make our time target. Yeah, I think you might be right. Let's get on with it. Yeah. Oh, I didn't expect that. Yeah. We read through and dissect the lyrics uh, as normal. Um, I'll kick us off, Doc. Much more sensible this week, by the way, compared to, um, was it last week or the week before? Oh, no, no, no. No, I'm getting confused, Doc. A bit of time dilation going on because as we're recording this today, the Circle of Belief episode was released, so I was, I was like listening yeah. to that as like quality assurance purposes. Um, yeah, and that do you remember that? Do you remember? Do you remember? Just yeah, remember? It, it, it's got like two feet of lyrics, hasn't it? Jesus Christ, much more sensible today. Here we go. I'll give you the first four. <laughs> Let me take you down without a sound, dead before you hit the ground. Blood washes my hand, can't understand, sterilising my pain. Um, what can't you understand, Doc? Um, why the moon looks like a spoon in June. Ah, yes, okay. Yeah. That's what mm-hmm. he can't understand. That's what he can't um, understand. But, no, but you've, got, you've got sound and ground, but then yes. you've got... Our oh, hand and understand, yes, uh, yeah, hand understand, and then like the random, uh, like non sequitur at the end, I suppose. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, it, it's lazy stuff, isn't it? Mm, 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 mm. As with the track in general, I think I, I, I think this is just more, just yet more evidence that that they didn't really put put much thought well, into this, did they? I mean. How much more lackadaisical and sloppy and lazy can you be by deciding to write a psychedelic track and ripping off the first line of a Beatles song while you're doing it? What's the Beatles tune, Doc? Strawberry Fields Forever. And isn't that interesting? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Right. Um, We're going to write a psychedelic track, but we don't really have a clue how to do it. So we'll copy the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 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 Wow. That's good. I've never made that connection. You're quite right. Yeah. That's absolutely astonishing. Um, Sterilising my pain. So the blood, presumably, is the sterilising agent here. Um, there's, there's nothing really to mine here, is there? It's just uh, somebody's well, it, killing somebody, presumably. And it, it's 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 a mixed metaphor. Um, I think you annul or alleviate pain. I think you mm. sterilise wounds. Well, that's yeah, that's it's true. Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. But maybe uh, you know a bit of poetic license. That you know he's treating pain almost like an infection. Yeah, or 
maybe sterilizing so- sounds a bit like drugs, doesn't sure. it? Sure. Oh, wow. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it certainly involved needles, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, do you want to give us the next four lines, Doc? Hmm. Washed away with crimson tide, by my hand I keep testing time. Quench the fire that drives my soul, soothing me as death takes hold. Mm. Um, so it's time of the month, evidently. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Crimson Tide. Now uh, that's a movie. There's trouble in Russia. We're going over there and bringing the most lethal killing machine ever devised. From the makers of Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop comes the most anticipated motion picture of the year. Denzel Washington. We cannot launch our missiles unless I agree. Gene Hackman. I'm the commander of this ship. Crimson Tide, rated R, starts Friday. Uh, a very, very good movie, incidentally, by um, not Ridley Scott, his brother. What was his brother's name that, that jumped off a bridge? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Uh, no, uh, d- d- it's Ridley Scott's brother directed it. Um, stars Gene Hackman and uh, Denzel Washington. But that film, Crimson Tide, came out a year after this album. So Crimson Tide, is that like a known expression or... What? Well, uh, uh, to to allude to the same thing again. Um, apart from being a vaguely polite metaphor for menstruation, then mm. the, uh, I, it's obviously supposed to make supposed to make you think of blood, mm-hmm. um, or um, because I haven't managed to get a Jess Franco reference into anything. Um, there's a bit in Vampiros Lesbos. Bestialische Morde im Dunkeln des modernen Istanbuls. Jene geheimnisvollen, jahrtausende alten Stadt im Orient. Nadine, Nadine, aufwachen! Eine gewagte und harte Verfilmung des alten Dracula-Themas, dessen Erbe Schrecken, Entsetzen und Grauen bedeutet. Um, Stromberg is um, having a sort of a, 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 a wet dream, um, part of which is illustrated by the tide coming in with a red filter over it because it's just Franco, so there must be there has to be a red filter over the limbs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I, I can't hear that expression without thinking about that. Um, so, so it's it's not like a known expression that I just wasn't aware of. It is just like a poetic way to express the. You know, to put in 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 the listener's mind the idea of like a, a tidal wave of blood, like a, a huge yeah. quantity of blood, isn't it? That's what we're right. talking about. Now, help me out here. Is it would crimson or scarlet be oxygenated or deoxygenated blood? Mm. Which, which? Mm. well, crimson is 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 the deeper, like red wine kind of colour, isn't it? And is it scarlet is, is the brighter one, I think, isn't it? Okay, so so uh, the, the the scarlet tide would be oxygenated. That's the oxygenated blood. stuff. Yeah. yeah, this is clearly deoxygenated. Yeah, blood. Um, yeah, as is favoured by Lucio Fulci. Yeah, but yeah, they, 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 this is the blood that's kind of passed most of the way around the body and is on its way back into the heart, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, so that's um, it. 
obviously, um, Japanese samurai films favor oxygenated blood mm. so that when someone gets their head chopped off um, with a samurai sword, you get the, 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 the two massive arterial sprays. That's the brightly colored stuff that we mm. love. Italian zombie films favor the deoxygenated blood, mm. you know, which when a zombie takes a bite out of your neck, that's the stuff that oozes and trickles. Yeah. It's nasty looking. It's nasty yes. looking, isn't it, really? Um, yeah. I can't see any kind of illusion or metaphor or allegory or, you know, subtext here, Doc, can you? To, it, this is just a song about somebody killing somebody and, and, and kind of taking pleasure from it, isn't it? Yeah, and I mean, you know, in in a better song with better lyrics and better music, I think what they're going for is the transcendental nature of the act of killing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd love to talk about bits from Marquis de Sade where, you know, he, he, he talks about that the the experience of killing is, is the only way that a human can really feel like a god. Um, and I mean, we'll have a chance to do this in the future, but mm-hmm. so I'm not going to talk about it now. Um, but future me will be talking about like interviews with Jeffrey Dahmer, where he's talking about the the, the, the transcendent and I'm overusing this word, but the, the psychedelic nature of the act of killing. Yeah. And when you say the um, future, Doc, you actually mean next week. Yeah, which is weird. I mean, they're going to have a much better platform and a much better song for talking about this stuff mm-hmm. in one track time. Yeah. Um, and every bit of evidence we put together just confirms your assertion that this, this is a piece of filler. Mm. And, it, and, and it's odd to me because I think there is kind of a fillerish track. I don't think it's as bad as this song, but track three on this album is fictional reality, which I don't really like very much either. Yeah. So they could have just transposed them, put this to track three and put fictional reality here. And then you don't have that, you know, the sa- almost the same subject matter, just not done as well, butting up against two on three. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you know, the only way, what, what they could have done um, to change this song and bring it more in line with fictional reality. At the end of this verse, soothing me as death takes hold. Yeah, and fuck those damn liberals. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Um, yeah. I have the right to bear arms. Yeah, yeah. Doc, four more lines, if you would, sir. Peaceful and serene, slowly bleeding. Eyes once bright are now fading. Pallid ashen face against my skin, staring blindly at some distant place. Mm. So any attempt at rhyme scheme has, has, has been thrown away here. Um, and it is just, again, it's, it, it, it's just a descriptor, isn't it, basically? There, there, there's no hidden message here, is there, Doc? I'm trying to be charitable. I'm doing my best here. Staring blindly at some distant place. This, this is the closest we've come to anything like a, a, a poetic illusion or metaphor. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the only thing that locates this song as maybe um, instead of in a grimy motel room on the outskirts of um, Detroit or something, maybe this is taking place on a battlefield. 
So, so this could be a soldier. Yeah. Sneaking. So, so the first verse, we've got a soldier kind of sneaking up on an enemy combatant. Um, or, or, or just bayoneting someone. Oh, without a sound, dead before you hit the ground. Yeah. That would work, wouldn't it? Yeah, blood washes my hand. Yeah, it all works, doesn't it? Yeah, so, I mean, yes, it, 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 it does work. Now, I think if these words were written by Jeff Hanneman, I think, there's, I think, the, I think that would lend credence to your thought process here, but they're not. Yeah. <laughs> um, they're written by Tom. Um, and Tom doesn't strike me that, it, that he's ever shown much interest in kind of war and battle and soldiery kind of shit. Yeah, um, you're right. Um, that's that's the best I can do. Yeah, I, I know. I know you're trying. I, another thing I don't like, by the way, here is there's a bit of studio trickery on the vocals, isn't there? Because you can't sing. One person cannot sing. Peace, man, serene, slowly beating, eyes once bright, are now fading. One human voice cannot sing those words to this riff. So I was, go, I was going to ask you this: is is there someone doing backing vocals here? No, no, right. there's not. It, 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 it's just Tom being overlaid, basically. And I, right. I do not like it when Slayer do that, even though you know the 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 the, the most potent example of it is Temptation from Seasons. And I think I gave that ten out of ten, Doc. So I'm a bit of a hypocrite. Um, let's be honest. Here we go. Let's get the last four lines out of the way. Um, Oh, no, not the last four. We've got another eight to go. Washed away by crimson tide. By my hand, I keep testing time. Straight flesh lace adorns your neck, spilling your blood all over my flesh. I mean, talk about laziness, Doc. Can you see the thing there that makes just makes me fucking wince? As, as somebody who likes to write, somebody who's been an English teacher, where's where, where's where's the, the laziness there, Doc? Can you spot it? Uh, what apart from in all well, four lines? Apart, um, apart from all of it specifically. Um, by my hand, I keep testing. Straight flesh lace adorns your what? <laughs> Spilling your blood all over my flesh. It's the repetition of flesh, Doc, in two lines. You know, yeah. within two lines, you've repeated that. And, and, and flesh is not a word that you, should, that, you know, that you should just bandy about, is it? You know, it, 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 it's a provocative, evocative, potent word. So you drop well, it and then you leave it alone, don't you? Yes. Um, it reminds, and this is the second time in a few weeks we've mentioned one of these, it reminds me of one of the very late Hellraiser films. We'll tear your soul apart. Where you can tell the scripts were all repurposed from some non-Hellraiser film, <laughs> um, and then when Pinhead pops up at the end of his office cubicle or wherever wherever it is, um, and he just says something like, um, "I will own your flesh." Oh yes, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. or the flesh is the need. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, You're just going Pinhead. <laughs> yeah. That, that, like, <laughs> That doesn't even make any sense. No, 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 no. you're right. Yeah, it, 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 just, it is not good enough just to dress somebody up as pinhead and have them say all flesh, flesh. is good. That is not good enough. <laughs> yeah, I agree. You're quite right. <laughs> Try harder. Yeah. <laughs> Try harder, pinhead. You lazy, you lazy cinnabite twat. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
I would actually really like it if you're one of those films where, like, whatever decadent, pushed to the edge, sex and heroin addict, it is this week. Um, it, yeah, uh, like Pinhead pops up and says something like, your flesh is a flower. And he just goes, what? Yeah. pathetic. <laughs> like, Pinhead, like, fuck off and don't come torture me again until you've come up with a better intro. Than <laughs> That'd be so funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> At which point, like, Pinhead should actually hang his head shamefacedly and, like, turn, turn around and yeah. walk off. I'd like, I'd uh, like it if he started taking the pins out of his face. You know, I don't deserve to wear these anymore. Yeah. Well, no, like after 10 minutes, he comes back pulling the last two or three pins out and gives the pins to the guy and, and says, I, I'm all washed like, I'm washed up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'm done. I've got, I've got, I've got nothing left. I've got nothing left. <laughs> yeah. Okay, here's one of the last four lines, will you, brother? Quench the fire that drives my soul, soothing me as death takes hold. Divine godsend enveloping me, spiritual ecstasy sets me free. So we've got a, an explicit reference to a drug here, to like a mind-altering substance. Yeah. Um, this divine godsend enveloping, <laughs> I mean, that, that, that means nothing, does it, Doc? <clears throat> Literally, absolutely. I mean... Uh, godsend. A godsend, uh, it, by my understanding, is something like positive that you need that helps you out of a tricky situation that, that you're in in the, in the present time. No. Well, yeah. I, I mean, it, it has the meaning of, and it's the most cat-handed, obvious translator or translation of Deus Ex Machina. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sent from God, basically. Yes. Yeah, quite literally. Yeah. Um, so. No. I, so I, the presence of the word divine here is obviously a tautology. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Yeah, I agree. We had divine and God together are unnecessary. Yeah. Um, I mean, um, if on the other hand, he put infernal godsend. Mm. Well, that'd be interesting, wouldn't it? Yes. Yeah. So, so would have no place in this song, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. And spiritual ecstasy sets. And, uh, and just like even this last one line, um, it's almost apologetic, and it's it, it, it's almost like going. Did you see what we tried to do there? Mm. Look, mm -hmm. did, did, we'll we'll, um, we'll put in a drug reference at the end. Uh, yeah. did, did you see what we tried to do? Will will that do? Will, yeah. Like is is that good enough? Because mm. you see, we can't. We're not quite sure what we're trying to do in the first place, so we can't really work out whether or not we. Did it very mm. well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the, 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 the results are in. They didn't um, do it very well. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I don't like this song, Doc. I don't like the music. I don't like these lyrics. Um, it's just cack-handed. It's so fucking lazy. Um, it, 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 I'm becoming increasingly irritated by it, actually, now kind of progressing through the lyrics. It's, made, it, it's actually made it worse. It, um, it, it would have been possible that I didn't like the music and then the lyrics were great. And then you go, oh, fair enough. You know, there's some effort's gone in here, but it, it has 
not, Doc. It's it's shit. Um, I'm going to quote. Um, I'm going to quote Simon Price. I'm, I'm pretty confident it's Simon Price here now when he said, "Taking drugs is weak and pathetic." Can you imagine what pretending to take drugs oh. look like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's a great line. Yeah. Um, it, so it, it does beg the question, doesn't it? Why? Why did did they feel the need to? Like, like you say, like act, act as if they were somehow into psychedelics when, I mean, evidently they are not. But I understand why any band wants to play with style or do something that they wouldn't normally, you know, but just keep it for the fucking rehearsal room. Mm, yeah, um, stick to the video, guys. If it's fun for you to play amongst yourselves, then yeah, do that. Or maybe metal bands don't do this enough. Um, indie pop bands or experimental bands will inevitably from time to time do like a studio outtakes mm-hmm. or unreleased tracks compilation. Yeah, I think I think the most successful of all time, I think, is Oasis, isn't it, called The Master Plan? Some of them, they're always warts and all things. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very often banged out at very, very budget prices. Mm-hmm. Um, and like literally 19 out of the 20 tracks, you end up thinking, yeah, I can see why you can that one. I can see right. why you never did a full-blown recording of that one. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. But, then, but then you say 19 out of the 20, that suggests that there is one gem on there normally. Well, inevitably, um, if you chuck... If you decide to shit down 20 tracks and not put them on an album, there's a one in 20 chance that I might like one of them. Mm, yeah. Uh, even though the band obviously didn't. Yeah. Or even though you, like, even though 90, 19 out of 20 of their fans might not. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Anything left to sound the words, Doc? <laughs> well, the, it makes you want Kerry King back. <laughs> It's really surprising because I, th- I think Tom's previous efforts, lyrically, have been pretty good, haven't they? Because he wrote South of Heaven. Yeah. Um, and he definitely wrote one. Or was it maybe? I, I, I'm thinking he wrote Mandatory Suicide, but we'll chow time that. Um, although, no, that can't be because that would go against what I said earlier, that he's not really interested in war. But there, there's certainly one, another one on, on uh, Seasons in the Abyss that he wrote. I think um, you commented before that. Tom does a really good job at this, like, biblical prophetic dread. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, this is just a bit mundane, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just not, not epic enough for Tom. Um, yeah. Um, it's just a bad song. <laughs> it's a bad song. It's a bad song with bad words. Let's move on. Welcome to part four of the show. Here we're just going to give you our final thoughts and summations and stuff. Um, and 
discuss anything we might have missed along the way. But before that, the usual details. Writing credits, music by uh, Jeff Hanneman and Kerry King. Lyrics by exclusively Tom Araya. Set list. They played this zero times, Doc. Zero times again. Um, that's two in a row, isn't it, I think? SS3, yeah. zero. And this one, zero. And that's never happened prior to this album. Prior to this album, every track was played at least once. Um, so on the one hand, there's some post-production that you can't do live, and on the other hand, there's the dual vocals that you can't do live. Mm. There's kind of more, and it's shit, and so there's kind of more of a reason for not playing this one out. The the, the multiple vocals, that's only one line. I think you could get mm. away with that, and surely you could put that kind of phase effect on live, couldn't you? Surely. Um, it would mean... Carrying a, it would mean carrying unreliable gear around for the sake of one bit of one. So, I, I mean, yeah. um, so logistically, know, just doesn't make sense. Well, it, it's it's another point. Of, you know, you, you've got to put another pedal or another two pedals in the effects rack. Yeah, it's something else to go wrong. Correct. Um, it's something else for the roadies to take care of. Mm-hmm. It's something else to find a replacement for if it packs up halfway through the tour. Yeah. And. Um, since it's not for a very good song anyway, then, yeah, I mean, like, why even? Why bother? Yeah, why bother? That's the sense I get. Uh, according to Loudwire, they put it in 69th position overall. And this is what they say. Uh, this is where Paul Bostoff, who enjoyed his first recording stint with Slayer on Divine Intervention, shines, showing fans why he was tapped up to replace the groundbreaking Dave Lombardo. His double kick flourishes and tight fills. Oh, well, I've I mentioned those because, yeah, I've picked that yes, His double kick flourishes and tight fills fuel the momentum of the song's opening moments. But the thrashers quickly changed gears, settling into a sultry mid-tempo groove while Araya counters his angst with clean sung passages. It's just a description of the song, isn't it? It doesn't give a fucking opinion, does it? And I'm not even convinced it's a very good summation of the song. No. I I mean, um, it's a summation of the song I wish it had been, but... No, I mean, you know, I'm not going to keep kicking a puppy duck. It's... it's, uh, it's not a very good song, is it? Um, definitely my least favourite Slayer song since Dissonant Aggressor. Um, now, I don't think he quite plums those depths, but it's not far off. Um, it's a real, real low point on an album that I fucking love. Mm. Uh, I suppose what I dislike about it especially is... It's not even a bold but failed experiment. No. Um, the parts of South of Heaven that I didn't like were bold but failed experiments. Mm-hmm. Um, and this isn't, it's it's just half-assed. It's just... It um, <laughs> it's... Uh, this would happen at about the same time in real actual history. I think it was when Happy Mondays turned in that, 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 that and literally turned in. Um, the unlamented last album, Yes Please. There's a track on that. 
when the vocal consists of Sean Ryder mumbling away and then actually goes, will this do? Oh, wow. End? Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> Any final thoughts, Doc, before we, uh, yeah, before we drop, drop our final scores? Um, failures are always interesting, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Um, children, what have we learned from this? Um, Slayer should not pretend that they use acid. No, no. It, 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 it was, it was a, a strange decision and it's poorly executed. It doesn't work on any level. Um, and hopefully, you know, they, they kind of never return to this vibe again. From memory, I don't think they do. But there is one album upcoming that I'm not particularly, um, you know, familiar, au fait with. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see when we get there. Um, it sucks, Doc. Do you want to give us your swords, my good man? Um, for the intro, one. Mm-hmm. You're giving... and, 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 and for the poor boss stop bits. Wow. So you're giving one liquescent sword out of a potential ten. Now, I thought yeah. I was being mean um, because I'm giving three mouldering moskulls out of ten. I quite like the, um, the riff underneath the solo. The, the second solo, I quite like both the solos. So that's two points, and I do quite like those kind of little triplet flurries on the bass drum at the start. So there's your three points, Doc. Point for each. Three out of ten. I I, I can't stand posing. Mm-hmm. I, I I can't stand posing and pretending that you're something you're not. Yeah. In the end. Yeah, I agree. Um, oh, we didn't like that one, did we, Doc? No. That was a, that was not a very good song, but. Fear not, ladies and gentlemen, um, because we'll be back next week. That about does it for this episode. You can contact us on Twitter at Vercast or on email at skytanicvercast.gmail.com. We will be back next week, as I promised. And then we'll be talking about the ninth track from this album, which is called 213. Going to be there, Doc. Oh, yes, I am. You bet your life. Uh, I will be there with my plastic funnel and my cleaning fluid. (laughs) <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Br- bring at least two pairs of marigolds. That's all I'm suggesting. <laughs> <laughs>